Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is new in research, what's hot in the news, or anything that can affect your health, vitality, and longevity. Clear back February 2004, Time Magazine's title cover was The Secret Killer. Surprising link between inflammation, heart attacks, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, and other diseases, and what you can do to fight it. You'd have thought that would have been something that changed everything. But it's been over 17 years, and that secret is still intact. Most people don't know there is silent inflammation that is associated with just about every chronic disease. And more importantly, you can change that. You are not doomed to modern-day chronic disease. In fact, health is the norm. Disease is not the norm. So what is causing this epidemic of the silent killer? Inflammation. What is it all about? Well, and you know, arthritis is inflammation. That gets your attention. A sprained back is inflammation. I sprained my back last weekend. I overdid it in the good weather. And you know, you twist your back or your ankle and it temporarily becomes inflamed. But that's not the inflammation I'm talking about. I'm talking about the inflammation that's stealth. It's the one that undermines your health. You know, when you get like a sprained back, when that brings all those compounds your body makes to heal the injury. Quickly it resolves. The back gets taken care of, the ankle heals. But if that inflammation didn't quickly resolve, the same compounds that are healing are going to cause the breakdown of tissue and cause destruction of that joint. This chronic, sometimes silent inflammation is what robs us of health, vitality, and longevity. NSAIDs, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, they don't help resolve the inflammation. In fact, long-term use of NSAIDs are potentially very harmful. They can harm the kidney, the liver, the gut lining, and some research has even associated it to heart disease. Some have been banned because of what it did to the heart. So what can we do to take down this inflammation? Some of it's silent and not so silent. What can we do day in and day out to silence this damaging fire? Okay, I'm going to tell you. Stay tuned. I'm going to give the answers to put that fire out. What I do personally when I have a sprain or an injury. Since I'm in that social security age group, I want to keep my joints, my heart, and everything else in good shape so I can be a mature athlete till I'm 100. Why not? My challenge is to stay young as long as I can, avoiding all the diseases we consider common with age. You know, common is only because everybody's doing the same thing. So look at the research that has linked silent inflammation to, first of all, autoimmune conditions, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's thyroid hypothyroidism, inflammatory bowel disorders, psoriasis, MS, type 1 diabetes, just to name a few that are absolutely autoimmune. Now we're even looking at some chronic diseases as potentially being autoimmune, even cardiovascular disease. Some of the other things that have been linked to silent inflammation, cancer, chronic fatigue syndrome. We call it syndrome because it's just a group of symptoms that we don't know what causes it. Perhaps it's uncontrolled inflammation. 
depression and other brain conditions. Yeah, depression is being linked to inflammation. Metabolic syndrome, where you've got high triglycerides, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, expanding waistline. Metabolic syndrome is inflammatory. Sleep apnea is being linked to inflammation. So, as you can see, inflammation is linked just to about everything people suffer from these days. You know, there is some, there's a lot of individualities about how our bodies react, but 99% of our genes were formed 10,000 years ago before agriculture developed. Those inflammatory reactions are influenced by diet and lifestyle and how that diet and lifestyle interact with your specific genes. Some lucky people hit the genetic lottery, while others are like the canaries in the mine shaft. But even those canaries, like me, can have health, vitality, and longevity if you pay attention to your diet and lifestyle. On the other hand, if you hit the genetic lottery, and abuse yourself with diet and lifestyle, there aren't any guarantees for health, vitality, and longevity. We all need to take care of ourselves. You don't want to wait until it's too late. So we've got to put the detective hat on and maybe even run some lab tests. We can measure inflammation in a lot of ways. An easy one is the highly sensitive C-reactive protein. You can also do homocysteine, ferritin, there's a lot of gut health markers measuring the integrity of inflammation in the gut. And there's some genetic tests that are going to show predisposition. But I'm going to refer to the highly sensitive C-reactive protein. C-reactive protein or CRP, it's going to tell us a lot. And a lot of the studies use it because doctors can easily add it to your yearly blood work. So you can keep track. There are a great deal of things that influence your CRP that come down to diet and lifestyle changes that are simple. Not so easy, but simple. Simple isn't necessarily easy. I mean, you're going against the big food industry that pushes processed food at you, and you're never going to see healthy lifestyle advertised like drugs are advertised because there's no money in prevention, only in chronic disease. So, if you're fighting the addictive nature of foods that cause the inflammation, you got to change it. I can tell you blueberries are not addictive. Broccoli is not addictive. Kale, for sure, is not addictive. But oh boy, they decrease inflammation. And the other ones that are addictive cause the problems. Sugar, dairy, gluten, peanuts, conventionally raised crops. Research can even measure how addictive a food is by using the functional MRI machine. If it's addictive, probably not good for you. So the first step I always recommend if you have any silent inflammation is to get rid of the bad foods by first of all, just doing the elimination diet, avoiding wheat and corn and soy, a lot of the common grains, a lot of dairy, eggs, and you've got a good start. These are eliminated for a few weeks. And then we start reintroduction. Some people think they've done the elimination diet, but they don't finish with proper reintroduction. You have to slowly reintroduce one food at a time for a specific amount of time and watch for any reaction to that food. I tell my clients, it can be anything that differs from when you were doing the basic elimination diet. 
It can be physical. It can be you get bloating, you get gas, a rash, you get a breakout. You have fatigue. You could have exhaustion. Or you could have muscles or joints aching. Or you can have sleep disturbances. Those are physical, but it can be mental. You can get brain fog or confusion or have trouble concentrating. Or it can be emotional, irritability, the blues, anxiousness, reactive, on edge, just plain feeling, feeling blah. Or it can be the waistline bloats without the scale going up. Or it can be the scale going up without increasing food intake. So elimination diet, number one. The, it's the reintroduction that's so important, so you have to pay attention. It's really better than any food sensitivity test that we have these days. All those tests have great potential for air, and frankly, the science isn't where it needs to be yet. So let the body tell you, but be sure to listen, even if it's whispering. Second thing I would do, second out of 23, quit sugars. Studies have shown over and over again that the more sugar you eat, the higher your CRP is. Frankly, sugar is not a food. It's an anti-food that burns up nutrients in its metabolism. But it tastes so good, and it lights up the addiction centers in the brain. In fact, we know sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. They've done study after study on these poor mice, and the mice are addicted to cocaine. Then they withdraw the cocaine, and then they give them a choice between the sugar or the cocaine. Every single time they go for the sugars. I think it's Oreos to be specific. Third thing I would do, eat wild-caught fish. Think smash. Salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and herring. Never, ever, ever farmed fish. Trust me on this or do your own research, but it is plain awful and sickening. So wild-caught only from clean waters. Okay, number four. I could have made this number one, but diet really should be number one. This is part of the diet, enjoying traditional spices like turmeric and ginger. I like to grate ginger on top of some vegetables like beets and then roast them. Or you can do ginger tea or unusual ways to get herbs that I learned from having coffee from a woman with Sy from Syria where she added cardamom to the coffee grounds when brewing. It was delicious. I would try it, recommend it. And you all know what a fan I am of curamin, the BCM95. Uh, Curamin Extra Strength, it quickly quiets any inflammation. I hit it hard when I sprained my back last weekend. It's the bomb. That is why we always have it on sale. And it's probably my favorite thing we carry in the shop. Okay, number five, de-stress your life. High stress at work or home can have a huge impact on your CRP. Stress kills, period. You can and you must learn relaxation techniques to rewire your brain to relax and chill. If you value your life, you've got to learn to relax. Enjoy a lot. Relax a lot. Be grateful a lot. You can't dwell on things that bother you. So if you're, if you're dwelling on those things, make a list of things you're grateful for immediately. Every time you think about an upsetting problem, you know, just go right back to thinking about what you're grateful for. Okay, number six, get your activated Bs. When you're under stress, you're burning up the B vitamins like mad. So get the reactivated ones, the methylated B vitamins, that will help reduce your C-reactive protein. Number seven, get quality sleep. 
depending on who you look at, there's four or five phases. And the impact on health is drastically underestimated by most people. The science of sleep, the less you sleep even one night, the higher your CRP will be. You know, you notice how bad you feel after a poor night's sleep. That's in part due to the C-reactive protein. Number eight, maximize your fat-soluble vitamins. For the last year, we've all been thinking about vitamin D. But how about A, E, K? Wildly important for your health. I recommend a good multi that has these along with your activated Bs. And while supplementing is typically needed, you need to also focus on the foods that are high in nutrients. Number nine, mindfulness meditation. One of my favorite things these days. It has so many benefits. And one of them is the ability to fight inflammation. One study found that people with inflammatory bowel disorders were able to drastically lower their CRP in just six months of participation in a mindfulness program. Pretty interesting. Number 10, exercise. People who exercise regularly are able to lower their CRP. But I have to tell you, too much will increase CRP. If you overtrain or otherwise do a lot of repetitive motions, I would take extra strength curumin every day to help protect your cells against the inflammation that can be damaging. Number 11, 11, limit your liquor. It's found to, if you lower it, it's found to lower your CRP. But good news for those that like red wine, red wine can actually be associated with lower CRPs if consumed in limited amounts. Overall, good healthy habits will limit alcohol, even wine, to no more than three to four glasses a week. Number 12, pump up your zeaxanthin and beta-cryptoxanthin. Say what? Okay, so anyway, these compounds, those phytonutrients, are associated with the lowest levels of CRP. So these foods are like kale and spinach and collards and turnip greens and broccoli. So pump up your greens. Number 13, feed your microbiome. And you're going to do that with taking probiotics, lactobacillus and bifidobacterium varieties, along with eating your vegetables, and you're going to be feeding your microbiome. You'll get changes in your CRP in less than two weeks. Tai Chi, yoga is also very good. Magnesium, very good. Green tea and even coffee have been shown to lower CRP. And green tea, of course, has lots of other good things. Number 17, be positive. Pessimists are shown to have higher CRP levels. So don't be a negative Nelly and don't be a Debbie Downer. I won't take offense. Also, being around negative people and being in toxic relationships will also increase your inflammatory markers. Number 18, the very opposite. Being in a loving relationship with your partner lowers CRP. Number 19, and this is a biggie, do not mix refined carbs and with fat. Ah, junk food. Fried donuts, the worst. Jelly-filled donuts, the double worst. Refined carbs are bad in themselves, but you mix that food with high fat, that's a disaster causing inflammation. You know, a moderate-sized mixed meal from a fast food joint can increase inflammatory markers in just one hour. 
and don't even think about donuts with pancakes and syrup. Number 20, heal your gut like Hippocrates said about 400 BC, health begins in the gut. So you have to be a detective and solve those digestive problems. Number 21, diet. Like Michael Pollan, the food advocate says, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. So your vitamin C from peppers and berries and citrus fruit, your EGCG from green tea, your quercetin from onions, your curcumin from turmeric, resveratrol from grapes, and the sulforaphane from broccoli. You've got blueberries, cacao, wild-cut fish. All of these are going to quiet the inflammatory markers. Number 22, intermittent fasting, going at least 12 hours overnight without eating. Terrific for doing just what we want. 23, whereas curamin extra strength with BCM is my favorite, some people really like the CBD oil. Oh, so good for pain, for mood, insomnia, and yeah, inflammation. Endocannabinoids, working to maintain a healthy inflammatory result. But it also may help the immune system by eliminating viruses and bacteria and all sorts of outside invaders. As research continues, we're finding more things that hemp can do. So there you have 23 things I could go on and on, but I'm out of time. You have 23 things that will silence the inflammation that could be paving your path to a problem. Silence it now so you have a great chance for better health, vitality, and longevity. So thanks for listening to another edition of today's nutrition. I hope you learned something will help you or someone you love. You can listen to this or other episodes of Today's Nutrition on iTunes or also on my website, debford.com. Have a great day and do a few things really good for yourself today.